And the way that they've worked is kind of witnessed by the fact that we will launch in 2020 in the midst of this pandemic with more PlayStation 5s than we launched PS4 in 2013. I've done all of these launches since right at the start. This is the most extraordinary of them all by, by quite some margin. Immersiveness has definitely been one of the mega trends in the gaming industry over the last 10 years or so, and immersiveness can manifest itself in many ways. But I think platform level features like the ones such as 3D audio and such as the haptic feedback, when put in the hands of great game developers, are going to allow this phenomenon of immersiveness to be taken to the next level. PlayStation believes in great games. It's particularly exciting when they're great games that we made ourselves. It has paid us big dividends uh, over the course of the last few years, and we want that to continue. The larger proportion of the PlayStation community will be engaged with their PlayStation 4. And so, you know, we have this huge responsibility to that community to ensure that they are really well served in terms of new games, new features, proper communication from us. And then in turn, uh, they will hopefully upgrade from their PS4 to their PS5. Narrative-driven gaming experiences have always been a kind of unique strength of PlayStation. So there's this kind of synergy between technological progress and our great ability to tell stories. That's a trend that will only continue. And, and another reason it will only continue is that every time, every time our studios do this, they get better at it. All right. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Nerotaku Gaming Podcast. We had a bit of a hiatus last week because the, <laughs> we anticipated the, the, the barrage of content that would be coming in this next week. So yeah, that's what we're doing this week. We're doing a review roundup of the next-gen consoles and like a dozen games that came out. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy that. With me, as usual, is my co-host, Robin. Robin, what's up? What's up, Dennis? Uh, doing okay, as usual. Indeed, indeed. Has your, have your consoles shipped? <laughs> yes, actually. Yeah, uh, my PS has shipped. It's reached the corridor in America. And now I just have to wait however long it's going to take. That's, that's great. That's great. So you, you, you managed to get both of them? Nah, I'm only getting one now. Which one? PlayStation. Duh. Yeah, like, obviously, basically. <laughs> I mean, you never know. You might be getting the Xbox Series S. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. And if, any, and if I was to get the Xbox, I really think I'd go for a Series X rather than S. Mm -hmm. No. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Yeah. It's been a busy week. Like you know, this was this is like the most anticipated week of the whole year. If you have been following games, like you've been waiting for this one week, the next gen console launches, along with the next gen console software. Mm. It's it's you know it's it's exciting times. And even though unfortunately you know because of either shipping or internet, we can't be there. You know, we can't be there and date with our friends elsewhere. We can at least, you know, read impressions, watch videos, read reviews, and, you know, get an idea of how it feels before, you know, our turn comes after the things reach Zambia or whatever. Indeed, indeed. It's always exciting when there's a new console launch. And, yeah, this 
this uh, this console launch is isn't any different. Except I wish there was more. I wish there were more available. <laughs> you know, that would be nice. You know, demand is so high because a big part of this console gen is you know transitioning. Backwards compatibility has been taken seriously this time compared to last gen. So it's like, oh, all existing customers, bunch of them are just hoping to upgrade for so long. So it's like, oh, the demand is crazy. Very crazy. But I guess it's I guess it's a good thing, you know, like <laughs> um, the fact that there's more uh, backwards compatibility means that the um, the library is bigger. You don't have to particularly buy new games when you get the new console for now. You know, I, I guess that can be looked at as a good thing. Yeah, you know, backwards compatibility, while not a necessity, it is still a nice thing to have. Very, taken seriously. Yeah, a, a very nice thing to have. <laughs> yeah, that's. I guess that, that's part of the thing that, oh, because you can carry your existing games over. So many people are like, okay, I have no qualms about upgrading. I'm just going to go and upgrade because it will basically work as a replacement for my old console mm. because backwards compatibility has been taken seriously. You know, like last time you'd be like, uh, maybe let me not upgrade to PS4 yet. I still need to keep my PS3 for some stuff. But now it's like, oh, an upgrade is easier to justify on that regard. It is, which is which is good. Which is very good. Yeah. All right. So I guess on that note, we can start. Uh, what uh, um, I didn't re watch many of the reviews. <laughs> The console reviews, I, I mostly specialized in the um, software. software reviews, yeah. Uh, so I'd like to know what what you saw, what you heard since you're getting, I was hoping you'd have had your, um, <laughs> I was hoping that you'd have had your console by now so that I could have hands-on proper like analysis. <laughs> Definitely when I get my hands on the console, I will give as detailed impressions as I can here. Yeah, yeah. But for now, I guess we'll go with uh, what we've heard. So what have we heard? Yeah. The thing is, when the review and preview embargoes dropped last week as well, you know, like, in terms of the Xbox, Microsoft had been, like, very open uh, mm -hmm. regarding everything. They'd been very open about everything on the system. Mm. They had told us so much because, you know, a lot of their their modus operandi was, okay, let's be as open as we possibly can with our customers. Mm -hmm. So, like, it feels like everything which we got out of the Xbox Series X and S reviews was literally everything which they we had been told via their marketing. So, like... It feels like there were not really many surprises. It was just confirmations of things we already knew. Like, oh, the system is quiet. The backwards compatibility is robust. Very robust. The controller now has a share button and some nice texturing on the triggers. The UI is fast. Quick resume works well. You know, there's just confirmation of what we knew. Mm. So it's like, oh, they're telling... They told us everything, then the reviewers got that and it's like, oh, this it's just what they said, exactly. The Series X reviews, I feel like there weren't that many small little anecdotes which we could have learned. 
there was like a couple of things like uh the regarding the updating you know it's like oh you need the day one update just like the old xbox disc based backward compatibility mm-hmm. you have to do a one time internet activation you know just small small things on the side you know for xbox i feel like i didn't see anything that kind of made me go oh i didn't know that or that's pretty new or weird um just i guess when it came to performance stuff um the consoles i hope i'm not mixing up playstation and xbox but they don't support 1440p no, uh, that's on PlayStation. That's PlayStation. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I'm mixing them up. I consumed so much, so <laughs> everything's mixing up. But yeah, um, yeah, with Xbox, I don't think I saw anything particularly unique or new. It's everything that I kind of expected. Uh, I guess seeing the EA Play games on that Game Pass, ready to play on the Series X dashboard. I think it's like 60 games in total. It was. It's like wow. Like that's. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you hear about it, and then when you finally see it, you're like, wow, these are all games that I can just play just now just because I have Game Pass. That's crazy. So that's that's yeah. actually really good. And I saw an interview with where Phil Spencer was talking to Tamar Hussein of GameSpot, and he was saying yeah. that um, Game Pass is their launch killer app. Like, that's in his opinion. I, I don't know if you can chalk that up to marketing speak or... <laughs> Or if he really means it, but um, I, I, can, <laughs> I, I can see that, to be honest. Like, I can see how if you bought a console, let's say you skipped last gen or something, just having access to all those games straight up is actually really good. Yeah, I guess we'll talk about comparisons with the launch after we discuss some of the stuff we learned from the PlayStation 5 reviews. But, like, in general, the Game, game Pass is definitely the the selling point it is for yeah. xbox this you know this holiday mm. apart from you know the future and whatever like this holiday if you're getting an xbox it's definitely for game pass mm-hmm. very true but yeah on that front you know same with the series s which also launched you know mm-hmm. same day but we we didn't learn much that we didn't know i guess we learned more about its performance mm-hmm. which was I think some people might be a bit disappointed because it was marketed as a 1440p console, but it definitely feels, you know, from most of the games that have been played so far, there's not many, you know, uh, cross-gen games that were available when the reviewers were reviewing them. But from what we can see, most of the games are running at 1080p instead of 1440p. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, it's a bit of a shame on that front, but... I think at $300, 1080p is more than adequate. I just think, you know, they should have just been a bit more clear. Yeah, I think it is better that way. I, like, it's a 1080p uh, next-gen console. That's fine, you know? it's. I think it's okay. <laughs> I, I honestly no, don't think it's a big deal. It's not a big deal, especially because so many people don't even... You know, 1440p, I think, is, you know, a lot of people say it's the sweet spot for performance and resolution. Yeah, it's a very PC gamer Actually, thing. Like, I know that yeah. when you look do the, the Steam review stuff, uh, like when they do their yearly reviews, 1440p is the, is the resolution that most gamers 
play at, not own, play at, because there's a bunch of people who have 4K screens, but they play at the 1440p resolution because they want to have that 120 hertz nonsense. So, yeah, I know it's very popular with the PC gamer audience, um, but I do think 1080p is fine. Uh, yeah, for a home box, for you know, a casual home box, 1080p is perfect. Yeah, something that you're sitting like, I don't know, five meters, well, three meters away from your screen on the couch, 1080p is fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that was the other, that was a, a revelation of some sorts regarding Series S. Oh, the and space, then, course, I don't know yeah. if we talked about the space on the hard drive. Well, that so, it's 370. It's, it's not hard to predict because you, you never get actually 512 gigs. So, but 370 is yeah. like nothing, bro. <laughs> well, look, the, the, there were two choices which Microsoft had to make. Either they could have made the OS footprint smaller or they would have had to sacrifice Quick Resume because Quick Resume needs a lot of space for the cache in the SSD space. Or make your thingy one terabyte. And then you have to charge way more. They're, they're probably already making a loss on that console. So, you know, they're trying to cut as many corners as they can. One, you know, solid state storage is not cheap. If you were to get the, sol- the one TB expansion drive and a Series S, you might as well just buy a Series X at that point. Maybe they should have gone the Sony route where it's just, it's the same console, it just doesn't have a disc. Yeah. But then they, you can't hit three hundred dollars. You know, it, it, it's it's really tricky when you've got when you're just trying to hit. You know, you've got this price point. You're really trying hard to hit, and components are just so expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I I understand. It's just it's a shame because that three seventy, bro. That's three games, to be honest. Yeah, it's Call of Duty two and a half times, and then you're done. Out of space. <laughs> so yikes. Anyway, I mm. guess I guess that's kind of everything I knew or had to say about the Xbox. Unless there's other uh, features that you came uh, across. The, the thing is, you know, as I've said, uh, the UI was also it's similar to the Xbox One UI. So most of the things in there we already know about mm. the Xbox One U- UI. So we know what they're like on Series X. We know. How the download system works we know how the game library works we know all those things well i guess a, a small bit of interest is regarding the smart delivery system mm-hmm. which when we were told about the smart delivery system it was basically that oh when you buy a game and you download it it will only download what you need for that specific console mm-hmm. so you know that makes space management easier but there was always a question about how the smart delivery works with disc games. So like, yes. oh, does that, does that mean that the Series X version of a game comes on the disc and then it only installs what's needed? Or does it mean that if you buy a disc, you get the Xbox One version and then the Series X downloads the relevant assets? Mm. And it's the latter for sure. Yeah, so if you're buying the like, smart delivery game, like let's say you buy Assassin's Creed. Okay. And you, and then you put it into your Xbox Series X. Mm-hmm. You're basically going to have to download the whole game again because on <laughs> the disc is the 
assets for the Xbox One standard version. Yeah, but isn't it just anyway? I, I game dev is hard, but I would assume it's just like 4K textures. It's like getting a 4K texture pack for Skyrim or something. That's how I would yeah. assume it would yeah. be done. That's how we assumed smart delivery would work, but I guess not. You know, people are saying they have to download massive amounts of data in comparison. It so. sounds to me like that disc is just kind of working as a license, and then it just adds to your library, and you download the game again. Yeah. That's what it sounds like That's to me. Nice. Yeah, this gen, the way it was, that oh, it acts not only as a license, but it will also be like oh, you get to install the version 1.0 game. Mm-hmm. And now it's looking like even the version 1.0 game is not there. I hope they work on that. I, I know that they can. We just need to get past the cross-gen phase and that's it. Well, smart delivery won't be necessary once you get past cross-gen because the whole point of smart delivery exactly. is cross-gen. So. <laughs> yeah. So once we get past the cross-gen phase, we'll be fine. Okay. I feel like the big deal with cross-gen now is because the install base for both consoles is so high. And that's kind of... An, yeah, and that's kind of unprecedented. So like... Everyone's kind of coy, like, oh, should we, you know, should we go all out? Should we, (laughs) you know, no one wants to kind of mess up. Yeah, it's hard to abandon your install base. It's a tricky thing. The thing is you want advancements in technology Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think on the Xbox review side, that's pretty much it. We, We, because of how open Microsoft were compared to Sony, who like, you know, it feels like they were keeping things under wraps and even some of the things they're keeping under wraps it's like hey this you could have used this as a marketing bullet point for yourself so why keep it under wraps they just you know <laughs> they were mu- they've been much more secretive about about you know their console it's like oh we're only going to choose to market this specific thing we're going to market anything else so like a lot of details were only got reviewed by reviewers <laughs> Maybe they figured out uh, not to mix their messaging. Maybe they're like, okay, if we just um, talk about one thing, people will focus on the one thing and they won't be confused. Yeah. Maybe. I guess. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, in the end, you know, we learned a lot about PS5 in this week, in the last week. You know, we learned quite a bit. What did we learn? Well... The first thing that came out was backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. You know, there was always some concern about oh whether it will match the Xbox backwards compatibility, and for the most part, it, it pretty much does. Mm-hmm. What's so the caveat? Like, oh, I can't think of a caveat. It's basically the the drawback which the Xbox back compat has in that oh you are going to get boosts only if a game has an unlocked frame rate or dynamic resolution. Uh-huh. Then it will use the enhanced hardware to make sure that the frame rate or resolution goes to the upper limits of that. Mm-hmm. So similarly, PS5 does that. So it's like, oh, was this game running at an unstable uh, frame rate, but the target was 60 FPS now on, on PS5? or Series X, it will meet that target more often. Mm. I feel like uh, reading the whole back compat stuff, I'm seeing more like, oh, this game is now doing 60 FPS, whatever. And I'm like, so all this time, these games are like doing like 40. 
yeah. and the dynamic resolution stuff and they were not at 1080 or whatever they were like uh actually most of those with dynamic resolution i think those are usually a ps4 pro games mm-hmm. so it's like oh they're in between 1080 and uh, you know 1800p mm-hmm. so now it's like oh they're hitting 1800p more often mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no so i like, like oh, i like yeah. that it's more stable now like that's it's good to know that they can just come out and say okay now we actually are hitting flat 60 which is amazing mm-hmm. yeah and of course some games are getting patches to unlock the frame rates like uh days gone and ghost of tsushima those mm-hmm. two first party games they just say they had 30 frame 30 fps caps now those mm-hmm. are being unlocked but you know we found that out even beforehand so it's like oh PS5's back compat is pretty robust, but they never, Sony did not market the back compat at all. They never talked about it. They never made it a talking point like how Microsoft did, saying, oh, our backwards compatibility is so great and whatever. So it's like, uh, okay, that was an interesting thing we got out of the reviews, I guess. <laughs> it was, it was. Mm-hmm. Other things we got was, uh, things about the user interface. You got more details about how it actually works, some of the limitations the user interface has. Uh, the biggest one of which is cold storage. Okay, I don't think I heard about this one. So like uh, when PS4 launched in 2013, you couldn't plug in an external hard drive to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when PS4, you know, that was added after an update. I told now you can plug in an external hard drive. So when PS5 has launched, you can plug in an external hard drive, yes. But they say that the ability to cold store your PS5 games, you know, games that are specific PS5 versions, mm-hmm. you can they can all they'll only be able to be cold stored in a future update. You know, you can keep your PS4 games on an external hard drive. But your PS5 games, you can't keep them away on an external hard drive. Why? They're afraid of piracy or something? Well, this comes to the thing where it's like, oh, okay, you know what? The system is probably coming in very hot. Yeah. How, how would this inconvenience the average user, though? Like, in what way? Give me an example. If you download a lot of PS, PS5 games mm-hmm. and you somehow manage to run out of space, you have to delete the games. <laughs> You can't put them on an external drive. No, you can't. That's weird, dude. So what are they selling that? Is it Sony selling a proprietary thing? It is, right? No, Microsoft has a proprietary solution. I'm sure that will be fixed. Like it, like in, I think that will be one of the first things that will be addressed. (laughs) I can even, I can even go as far as saying that. I could probably make a bet on that actually. (laughs) Because that seems really inconvenient. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes so sense. So it's like, okay, I think there's a general idea that in terms of like the software and stuff, the PS5 is coming in very hot. Like mm. the they don't have time to, their focus was on getting the, the actual software ready, not the, not the hardware and software features and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. No, make, make, makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. I'm, 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 so I'm yeah, okay with that. We found out about that. We found out that the SSD expansion, you know, the, if you were to expand the storage yourself, they say the certification hasn't yet been done. 
So it is not safe to put any external drives into the SSD expansion bay yet. <laughs> so basically, when it comes to PS5 games, that 825 or rather seven or rather 668 gigs is all you have. Hmm. Okay. So until the updates are done for that, you have to manage that well. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you actually do. Although, like, how many PS5 games did you buy at the moment? Like, I, you know, it's it's not exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's that will only affect particular very hardcore users, but uh, but you know, it's something worth noting that we found out only via the reviews because you know Sony didn't talk about that sort of stuff. Yeah, how is the download speed now? Because people are saying it's increased. People okay, are saying it's increased. I yeah. hope so. Jeez, I. Ugh. <laughs> I never had problem with PlayStation download speed because the, the the reason the only thing which concerns me is if I can download multiple things at once, and I don't know nobody has talked about that, so I don't know if we can. Yeah, I, you know, I guess it's one of those things where the guys abroad don't really have internet problems, so yeah. that's stuff they don't care to talk or think about. They, they, like they, about. They, yeah. they don't have to think about it, you know, because the internet is so good. Whereas those of us who are here in, uh, in the global south, <laughs> such things are, co- are concerning for us. Yes, very, very, especially if you get the digital versions of these next-gen consoles. Yeah, it's, things like that do they, they matter to us? Yeah, I guess you give yeah. us a uh, you give us a <laughs> how how it feels to own a PS5 in a third-world country. Yes. <laughs> We'll get to that. But yeah, uh, I guess apart from the reviews on that, you know, we also found out, okay, yeah, PS5 is quiet. We could guess that. The UI does this and that. But uh, this will bridge into software. The most, the like best feature of the PS5, as far as most people are concerned, is definitely like the controller. Yeah, no, I've, I've, that's that's the thing that I think I'm most excited about the controller, like the the haptic feedback thing, the fact that it's around the whole controller. That's super super cool. The best example a friend of mine gave me was you know like how on a touch screen, when you click on the screen, you can feel like there's a button. You know like when you press like that. Imagine that on the whole controller, the entire surface. That's amazing. Like think about how they can specifically um vibrates such like with minute detail uh different areas that's 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 really cool <laughs> I, I wish uh that i remember metal gear solid 2 had a uh duo shock designer like if you look at the credits uh it had like a duo shock designer like for each vibration in the game and if you play the game again right. you can tell like it's really it's it's not like the normal like oh here's a random place vibrate it it actually like works in tandem with what you're doing gameplay wise so I'd like to see games actually do that uh, a lot more I know that Astrobot Astro's Playroom Astro's Playroom yes uh, it's pretty much a showcase for that I'm hoping other games do that as well yeah when people talk about PS5 
it's like they can't not talk, talk about the controller, you know, the feedback and the triggers. It's, you know, widely considered to be one of the best features of the console. Mm-hmm. And Astro's Playroom has been getting, you know, for what it is, they're saying it's a six-hour-long experience or so. It's been getting pretty good reviews. Mm-hmm. For, you know, the Astro Bot game uh, for VR was a fantastic showcase of VR. Mm-hmm. Not just that, but it was just a good game in general. The team behind it made an actual good platform again. And the same could be, is being said of Astro's Playroom in that not only is it a good showcase of the DualSense controller, you know, the features it has, but it's also a good game on its own right. Like, it's got plenty PlayStation callbacks. You know, people who play, they're saying the same thing. Like, wow, as a PlayStation fan, this is really fun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it looks really fun. I've also like watched and read a lot of the reviews for Astro's Playroom, and it looks like a solid platformer. You know, like it looks like a, and it also looks like a good showcase for next gen graphically. It's not gonna like blow your mind, but like it, it has features that, uh, if you have the right TV, and you know you're willing to play a family game it's it looks really good yeah so it's like oh um, lots of praise for Astro's Playroom I'm like wow I didn't expect this packing game to be so good one particular review I saw said it's the best packing game since Wii Sports and that's like you know that's pretty high praise (laughs) that is high praise that's a lot of high praise Mm. I wish that Uh, the Xbox came in with a packing game. Technically, if you have Game Pass, it has packing games. But like, I think packing games are very important, especially if they're family games. Look at how much Wii Sports... I feel like Wii Sports just rocketed the Wii, um, uh, like the Wii sales. So if the Xbox had a packing game, it would would do a lot, you know, for the console. It's a nice thing to have. So yeah, people have generally been full of praise for Astro's Playroom. And that's, you know, you love to see it. Uh, lots of people talked about, oh, the VR game, because VR, not nobody's going to ever play it. So few people are going to play it. But the team behind it, when you think about it, it's like, wow, this is a really talented team. And I'd love to see them work on a full Astrobot game. Mm-hmm. And then they made Astro's Playroom, and it's like, wow, this is really good. But from here, we need a full game with the character and with that same team behind it because they you know they they're doing they're doing some really cool stuff <laughs> yeah i, I agree yeah, <laughs> I, I guess yeah the controller the, you know the controller is getting praise uh, for the console astrobot is being cited as the best use of the controller mm-hmm. the controller itself we are also hearing about its battery life we hear it is for the most part similar to the PS4, which is not fantastic in terms of battery life. It's yeah, not it's bad, not. Yeah, but it's not the best, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense given how much it's packing in terms of features. Mm-hmm. But we are also told that oh, it varies game by game. So Astrobot is definitely the game which drains the controller the fastest. Obviously, mm-hmm. because it's using those features. I wonder what it's like playing a racing game on that controller, man. Like. Like a dirt or something, you know, moving on gravel. What? I I read a Eurogamer article, or I read a headline from Eurogamer saying, "Oh, 
the dual sense will revolutionize uh, racing games, particularly because of the adaptive triggers. Mm. They say you can feel the ABS better. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, anyway. The the best thing to wait for is for the next Gran Turismo game, because you know <laughs> those guys always use the hardware to its fullest. So they wait do. for that, and then we'll see how it looks. It's probably gonna come out six years from now, but that's fine. We'll get a. Uh, as an aside, <laughs> it has been. It was the PlayStation released a trailer saying that oh, Gran Turismo Seven is anticipated for the first half of next year. Okay, okay. I mean, in 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 headlines that are shocking, Phil Spencer also said he's played Elden Ring. So, I guess I guess he's either lying or it's a real video game. <laughs> the game is real. The game is real. Come sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to more games using that stuff. Um, even like say Quantic Dream, they always use the controller to the max well so yeah yeah now quantic dream i've signed the deal with epic you know maybe there's less incentive to do that and you know that's the other thing these features need to be adopted by devs if devs don't use these features these features are worthless and that is you know my hope and prayer is that devs use these features to the fullest I think that if it's compelling stuff, they will use them. Like if it's not gimmicky, like I think the feedback stuff is going to be used because it's just, it's, it's fun and it's cool. And I don't think it takes away from game, uh, game design. I just think that stuff like um, using the gyroscope, that's now like game design stuff, which some devs will just be like, nope, don't want to touch that. So I do think with like yeah. the feedback stuff, they will definitely use that. Yeah. I said, my hope is that, you know, please, game devs use this stuff it's good it's you know it it would be nice if it's used so much that xbox is controller is forced to put the feature in as well that's how you know you've got a hit feature yeah i mean when, yeah they could the, do it or they could add it to their next elite what 3.0 at this point whatever yeah yeah so that's my hope on that front that oh the feature gets so popular that they are forced the competition is forced to put it in yeah. And yeah, I guess that's pretty much it that we can say on the controller mm-hmm. that we learned that, oh, it's fantastic. It needs devs to support it. It is promising and we'll see where we go with that. Mm. And I think that's pretty much the main takeaways from reviews yeah. in terms of hardware. The rest we're getting is from, you know, Users? Now that the console's out, we're getting the usual stuff from users that, oh, oh no, it's buggy, oh no. And, you know, I think it's normal. I feel like people are always rushing to get a headline because it's, you know, it's day one. Yeah. But it's the usual thing with console failure rates at the beginning where since it's the start, you are going to hear more cases of these sorts of things. Mm. Just like I'm sure you remember... Uh, Xbox One and PS4, you had the faulty disk drives. Yeah, I remember the faulty disk drive stuff. HDMI port problems, Mm. those sorts of things. So before we are able to say, oh no, this is widespread and this is a massive bug, uh, you know, just keep calm on that front. (laughs) Relax. You know, you're going to hear a lot of funny things around launch. 
and it's best you know just to take it easy whenever you hear those sorts of stories true true the xbox the series x can levitate ping pong balls though that's very cool that is also another fake (laughs) it's fake oh my god i wish that was true i would have loved that if that was true oh man that sucks yeah it, it would have been cool if it could levitate ping pong balls with the airflow, but no, unfortunately, it can't do that. Oh, man. Take it yeah. back. Take it back to fucking manufacturing, man. We want levitated balls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's you always have to be careful with what you're hearing at this point in time. <laughs> you do. You do. I'm, I'm very sure after the Red Ring of Death, I am... I, I'm certain that um, these designers are very cautious about hardware failure. Every- that's th- that's why they look, and that's why they're so huge. You know, like that's why they are unwieldy yeah, Red looking Ring of things. Death was caused by heat issues. Yes, so that's why they look the way they look. And the PS5 is actually very big. Like now that I've seen it in so many different displays, it is unfathomably huge. So massive. <laughs> yeah. And it takes some getting used to. So yeah, in terms of hardware failure, maybe we it might not be as common, but there'll still be some stuff because day one. Mm. And then of course there's software bugs. Those are always had, hard to stamp out. So you can expect to see a bunch of those around mm. launch, mm. and hope that you know they get ironed out in software updates. I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure those, those yeah, those it, at least those I don't think will break your console. Thankfully, so those will be ironed out. Sometimes they might, but you know, yeah. And well, I guess we should also talk about like availability issues, like the fact that um, nobody can buy them. Yeah, nobody can buy them. <laughs> I guess it's just a matter of waiting. Is did they really just not make enough? Like I don't get. Like I feel like they should have known the demand and just kind of, especially after the pre-orders, like they should have known somehow. The thing is. It's not that they didn't make enough. It's that they can't make enough. Because of the COVID thing? Uh, not just COVID, but like component shortages. Like they say that they haven't been affected supply side because of like they have, uh, you know, labor to do it. But like in terms of the actual pieces and bits you need to make these consoles mm-hmm. are in short supply. The memory, memory is notorious for being not not much in supply because you know apple always need their memory and you know you've got to serve apple as your first customer these manufacturers and stuff yeah so it's like oh uh, the companies are all competing for components to make these systems and it's just so hard for them to meet that meet you know make enough components to meet those the the massive demand you know covid of course has contributed to there being more demand you know yeah. video games have boomed during covid yeah i ca- i fail to blame the ma- sony and microsoft in uh, for the supply issues i just can't looking you know like me being realistic <laughs> no makes sense makes sense uh, yeah. i mean yeah well, we just have to be patient. I mean, I'm probably not going to get one for a while. Yeah, um, I know. But I know people who are trying to get them and it's frustrating. I hope it doesn't make them 
like frustrated and just like eh I'm not gonna buy one anyway. Yeah, you hope that doesn't happen, but like uh, that that that's that's the way it is. It's just the way it is. True, true. Because from projections, as far as I know, both companies are looking to make more units than they did with the last gen consoles. Mm. It's like okay. You know they're trying, but it's just it it it's kind it's kind of hard. Do you think that these consoles will match last gen in terms of overall sales volume? Yeah. Okay, so right now we're sitting at maybe one sixty million amongst between the two of them. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, about forty to fifty for Xbox One and mm-hmm. one ten for PS Four. Mm-hmm. So. You, in seven years, can they ma- can they hit one sixty million? Mm-hmm. Yes, easily, <laughs> easily, easily. This man says easily. Combined, yeah, combined, combined. yeah, yes. combined. Easily. Because the Xbox Series is going to sell more than the Xbox One. Like That's both. already one thing. Okay, the Xbox Series S slash mm. X. Yeah, both of them. Okay, yeah. Okay. Going to sell more than the Xbox Ones. Yes, definitely. The question is just oh will PS4 will PS5 sell more than sell more than PS4 in the same time frame that's the actual question so you know i think like having a stronger xbox around means that yes definitely they'll be able to combine they'll be able to beat the one the 160 million which they've sold as at now you know in 2020 okay i mean i i hope so that would be rad <laughs> I certainly hope so. It would only be good yeah. for for gaming. I think I think having both both SKUs, I think will help having launching them right at the same go instead of like well, the way they use the pro and what and whatever. Like have launching both digital and thing right now, giving them options. I think will make it. Uh, I think it will sell. Yeah, I think it it will. I don't know if it will yeah. match. I think that uh, PC gaming and streaming will bite into console stuff and even mo- like mobile. So I'm I'm still a bit skeptical, but uh, yeah, I think it might match. Yeah. We, anyway, we'll see. That's to come with regard yeah. to hardware. Yeah. Let's we'll talk see. about all the games that came out this week. Indeed. The exciting stuff. We talked about stuff. you know Astro's Playroom. Of course, we did mention. Oh, it's a fantastic packing game and uh, platform and whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's just one of many games that are that are coming out to sell alongside these systems. I guess. Um, can start with an easy one the other probably the what's probably going to be the highest selling ps5 game right now spider-man miles morales yes so yeah I, get, I i guess we, go, I'm, we got I'm, a lot we did we get a lot yeah we did learn a lot um game wise like just general game review wise the game plays exactly the same as spider-man ps4 you know but better uh, i mean he has new abilities <laughs> and it's like a it's like a big DLC package um it obviously looks better with some you know ray tracing and all that stuff the story is apparently pretty good the characters are are really well fleshed out um so is the the villain isn't like cartoon bad guy he isn't a comic book villain so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's that's very interesting to me because I what I like about Spider-Man is the characters and you know his personal struggles and all that stuff. 
and also um apparently miles is um you know his his character the way he plays uh his storyline like it, it it's all it's all really well like written and it adds to the quality of the game you know so i i i'm very interested in that i like the new abilities that i've seen um yeah i like the new abilities that i've seen uh the game's about like 10 hours long which to me like that's like i, I if you recall i remember saying we need more triple a 10 hour type games because i feel like that's you know quality over quantity yeah so like you just get a good product just you know that you don't have to grind for um uh, like you're just grinding endlessly just to pad out playtime it's it's just you know it's good stuff so across the boards generally getting like eight eight out of tens which is not what i expected i expected it to be higher actually uh but it's still a very good launch game uh gameplay wise yeah i think it's yeah it's good. you expected it to be higher though I, like it seems to be you know uh generally the reviews are you know eight and a halfs yes. which is exactly around where spider-man ps4 was <laughs> i feel like spider-man ps4 um has gotten a lot of late appreciation i think when it came out people were like oh this is good and they're like yeah it feels like spider-man spider-man's back great and then as time has gone on people were like actually that game was actually super super great so like if spider-man ps4 was reviewed now i think it would be in the mid like like early 90s like i think it would be like an it would get a lot of nine out of tens i think <laughs> i think so yeah really i think so oh, that's that's interesting because look at how people are looking back at this the old peter parker model right i've seen screenshots yeah. of like uh scenes where like the new peter parker is emoting and he doesn't look as emotive <laughs> yes he doesn't look as emotive as the old um face model so it, it's it's stuff like that i guess i don't know maybe it's people looking back on it with nostalgia maybe i don't know but yeah we're going to talk about nostalgia and purists very soon <laughs> but uh, you know mm, it's a thing yeah i guess it depends on circles you're reading because i feel spider-man over reviewed well compared to what fans were saying because a lot of fans were saying oh it's the same open world game which sony are making linear open <laughs> they're making open world games third person action games that's all they're making so it's like ah. it's it reviewed you know mid 80s and then when the, it got in hands of people that's all i was reading complaints from people saying that oh it's a so typical sony game blah 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 all that all that jazz yeah no i feel so, like you know, you i feel like that, that stuff came you know, from like people um you know fanboy stuff like just trying to kind of do the whole fanboy wars thing but then like afterwards like i said i i feel like that the praise from the people has come afterwards like even on era like on that uh games of the decade this thing it did way better than i expected spider-man like <laughs> considering yes. how much noise there was in the beginning yeah i guess i guess yeah it seems to have reviewed well when i was reading reviews i was particularly looking out for you know things which i care about gameplay impressions mm-hmm. you know 
how is the pacing and stuff compared to Spider-Man PS4? What have they improved on that end? Mm-hmm. What have they learned from the PS4 game? What new stuff can you do? That's you know, that's what was that what that's I what was paying for. attention to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it seems that yeah, they have learned some lessons. For example, there's no more stealth sections as Mary Jane. Because of course, <laughs> MJ not in the game. I didn't mind those. Maybe I like Mary Jane. I don't know. I didn't mind them. Yeah, I I, I like MJ too, but it's like you know, not by virtue of it being a shorter game. It's a bit more focused, so it's like oh, less time doing fluff, more time doing, you know, the stuff you want to do. More time swinging. <laughs> yeah, more time swinging around the Spider-Man. And mm, in terms of like the other bits I was looking to, apart from gameplay, is you know how does it work as a showcase for the PlayStation Five itself? Mm. And it seems to be like oh, the ray tracing seems to be impressive. As one would guess, at all, if you were to go back two years ago and tell people that we'd be having ray tracing of the level that's in Spider-Man Miles Morales, now, like if you were to tell people that two years ago, they wouldn't believe you. So yeah. it's like, oh, this is impressive, and it's a very nice start to the generation for in that regard. Yeah, I mean, Insomniac seem to always have like a a preppy open-world game for each uh, new generation, if it's not infamous. Then it's Sunset Overdrive. Now it's Miles Morales. Wait, R- wrong dev. Infamous wrong dev. Sucker Punch. Yeah, Infamous is Sucker Punch. Yeah, it just feels like the same thing to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's it's nice to see that. Oh, they Insomniac are like they're, they. You can tell they're pretty busy. So it's like oh, they managed to get this out at launch. Mm-hmm. I've heard there's you know maybe one or two bugs, but apart from that, it seems to be like for most part. Uh, a shorter, well put together launch game that has features that show off the next gen hardware. That's what you need at launch. At all, it's using the haptics well. It's using the adaptive triggers well. It shows off the improved horsepower and all that stuff. And the load times. The load times are impressive. And of course, yes, the load times are super impressive. So it's like, oh, this game is definitely showing off PS5 hardware well and. I'm happy that you know Insomniac managed to get that out. You know, it's nice to see as well. Yes, yes, indeed. I wonder what they're working on. Do you think they're working on like Spider-Man Two or whatever? Oh, obviously, but you know their next project is Ratchet and Clank. Oh yes. Oh my goodness, I completely forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, according to them, is coming out in the PS5's launch window. So. Hmm. Yeah, that's supposed to be. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I. So that that. Yeah, that's supposed to come out. Yeah, Spider-Man. I I I would definitely buy Miles Morales. It's it's right up my alley. Um, Plus, it's on PS4. It is on PS4. I don't know if I'd play it on PS4 though. You know, you know, I'm faced with a conundrum. I can download it right now, but I'm like, I can't. I need to wait. Because <laughs> it has not. Smart is it what what is, what are they calling it? Smart delivery? What's the uh, they're just saying there's a cross gen upgrade. Oh, whatever, right? <laughs> smart delivery. It has smart delivery, so <laughs> you can do that. Yeah, so it's like, man, I want to download it, but I'm like again I'm saying I need to wait. I want to play this on next gen hardware. I want to have, you know, adaptive trigger, haptic feedback and ray tracing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
would, I would, you know. I would love to have that stuff as well. So I, I think I will also just wait. Um, they are supposed to come to PC eventually. So we'll see what's going to come first. Is it going to be me buying a PS5 or me getting it on PC? We'll see what, what it comes don't, don't, don't do this to yourself. <laughs> don't do this to yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Miles Morales has reviewed okay. It's reviewed well. And, you know, PS5 has got a pretty good launch lineup. Demon's Souls reviews aren't out, unfortunately. They aren't. It's the one I was waiting for the most. Everybody got their hands on it yesterday. From what I've seen, it is the most next-gen game <laughs> in yeah, terms of graphics. Like assets-wise, mm-hmm. it's like you the just one glance. In the yes. game is ridiculous. <laughs> one glance, and you're like, "This is new. This is." Next it's gen like, stuff. It's, it's funny because it's like, wait, this was a PS3 game. How is a PS3 game by From Software the most next gen game? <laughs> <laughs> I saw um, Gene Park. He's called, what is he? The Guardian? The Guardian reviewer. He posted a short clip uh, of him like dodging a projectile in Demon Souls, like straight up, yeah. like like DMC style dodging and I'm like wow they really have improved this game huh because what I recall you could not do shit like that in the previous games I mean you could but like it was so janky it's interesting Bluepoint and Digital Foundry had an interview talking about a lot of their approach to to Demon's Souls remake and it's it's a one hour long interview which I somehow managed to listen to the whole way through (laughs) They say they don't want to affect gameplay. That they said that we'll change animations, mm-hmm. but even though the animations are different, the game underneath it is still the same. Which is like they had a holistic approach mm-hmm. that they really need to preserve the gameplay because, as I alluded to earlier, purists are terrible people. <laughs> Whenever you remake a game, they'll complain so badly. On the list of dumb complaints I've seen about the remake, I've seen complaints about the life bars and the fonts looking bad. <laughs> complaints that the character creator allows you to make to make characters which are not monstrosities. <laughs> it's like, oh, they've put in a good character creator. Oh, it's terrible. I need to be able to make ugly characters. Oh, the life bars are minimalistic. They look terrible. Oh, the game doesn't look like it's covered in piss anymore. So it's like, I played Demon Souls as well. I love From Software games. And hearing complaints like this is like, wow, you guys have got your heads so far up. It's like, <laughs> man, this, this is sad. <laughs> There's only one complaint. With Sorry, say that again. I it got cut off. The There's soundtrack. Only one, only one, one thing that's contentious. Uh-huh. And that's the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Because they changed it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And the did they use song, the same the composer or something? No, they did not use the same composer. They used, like, what can I say? The underlying music is all the same, yes. But the, the, what's this, the actual, like, recording, they've, like, remixed the... They've, they're bas- it's basically a remix soundtrack. Okay, that sounds fine to me. You know? Yeah, it sounds fine, but there's one particular song which I was really looking forward to, 
and you know I don't want I don't want to say it because sorry but man they've butchered it <laughs> <laughs> I mean it happens <laughs> like you know in the dev interview he said the direction they were going is like oh we're going to look at from software's future games and we're going to try and say oh this is the direction they were going in so it's like oh now the music sounds kind of like dark souls music when demon souls music was a bit different because you know it was the first game mm-hmm. so they retroactively said okay when we're remixing the soundtrack we're going to make it sound more like dark souls music problem is some songs in demon souls sound like dark souls music is not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> so like for the most part i think everything feels okay to me i'm like okay this is a fine this is a remix i'll accept that but one song you know the hub world song that they have ruined in my opinion and that's like oof i feel I'll like live with it you but ev- it you eventually get used to it like you hear yeah, it and you're like eh. i i like the the soundtrack is out i've heard it and it's like yeah this on its own it is a good song but it's not what i want to listen to when i'm in the hub world of demon souls mm. there was a specific specific vibe the hub world had which has been lost now yeah no i i i get you but i mean at least that's like your biggest gripe it's not like they've completely ruined yeah exactly exactly so it's like wow it seems to be such a well done remake that the only thing i can complain about is that song and the only thing other people are complaining about is stuff like oh the ui being bad so for the most part it seems blue point have nailed the remake mm. yeah so, we're yeah. looking forward to the reviews and that's the one i'm very curious about just so i can see the technical stuff technical side of things um yeah yeah and i have a creepy feeling it might be a game of the year contender so <laughs> the thing is at the end of its at the end of the day if you've played demon souls like you know There's a reason why a bunch of from software fans are not saying Demon Souls is a is a contender for game of the year this year. Why because it's weird or something? Thing is, look, at the end of the day, it is a proto it's the prototype. It's the father of the Souls games. So, yeah. Like, what can I say? At the end of the day, it's still a Souls game from it's the first one. They, you know, they were ironing out some kinks. <laughs> <laughs> So like if you you know if you're playing the remake it's for two reasons either you never you, played the first one you never played it the first time mm-hmm. or you you want to play it with a shiny coat of paint yes it's not a different game in you know it's not like a crazy different game it's still it's still got the same weird janky stuff that demon souls will have <laughs> so as you know I was thinking about it that day. Hey, even if I like this game, I can't in good faith put this in my game of the year list. <laughs> if I was make it, I, I I don't consider it like myself. It's it's already out of contention. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I was waiting to see if one of these next gen games would be like this is game of the year, whatever. Oh, and it seems I think, like I think Miles Morales, depending on you know the outlets, will get one or two shouts. But Demon Souls, I, I guess it will also depend on the outlet. I actually think Astro's Playroom will get more shouts than Miles because it's so innovative, huh? Yeah, I actually think that will actually, and it's it's like six hours of like just punch, 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 like no 
filler at all. Like no all, down. All, all killer, no filler. Yeah. Like it's just everything is just perfect, you know. So yeah. It's yeah, just I, I feel I platformers don't really get the the plaudits unless you're a Mario game. You're not getting yeah. the game of the shout. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because it's it's a, it's a nice genre. It is. It is. More people should give them a chance. I hope Ori gets the, the the praise it deserves at the end. You know, I hope it gets mentioned. I don't think it'll win anything, but I really do hope. Like, really? even at like the the Jeff Kelly Awards, I hope it's part of the five or six. Like, I can actually see it being one of those. Uh, we've talked about this year being hard, but yeah, with Cyberpunk being out of contention, yeah, it's got a sh- it's got a shout. It does, yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of other games. Um, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Valhalla. So this one, let's not beat about the bush. <laughs> if that's the other big one. So this one surprised me because, um, okay, I okay, hmm, I don't even know what to say. I'm a big Assassin's Creed fan, huge, huge Assassin's Creed fan. Uh, and I, being a big fan though, I don't play everything. I skipped the bullshit. So I skipped Unity. I skipped Syndicate. And then and I, you should have syndicate, but okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and then I played Origins because they actually changed something. I'm like, okay, you're trying something new, let's try it out. And Origins is currently, I think, not my favorite, but I think the best Assassin's Creed game so far. Um, and then with uh, Odyssey, I skipped because it's just more Origins. And when I saw Valhalla, I was like, okay, uh. You kind of, it did look like an Assassin's Creed game to me. Like when I heard about the raid system and stuff, I'm like, it looked like a Musou game. Like it looked very, yeah, going in crowds and slicing and dicing. And I'm like, where is the assassin in that? But uh, thankfully that was all marketing nonsense. The game is still very much an Assassin's game. In fact, it is more assassin-y than Origins, especially with the social stealth stuff, which is back. Which is back after a long time. Yes. So that's really intriguing. The Homestead stuff I liked from Assassin's Creed 2 and 3. I like that stuff. So it's kind of been uh, made more robust in in this version. The gameplay has kind of been fine-tuned a bit, you know. Um, you can, I hear it's still bad, though. I mean, it's still, it's still that. It's still odyssey stuff but like uh, at least they've made it that on one of the skill trees you can do stealth and one hit one kill which is very good uh and then also yeah, it's one of the things we talked about odyssey they got rid of that yeah and then it's also not a looter per se anymore you can get a style of weapon and keep upgrading it which i think mm-hmm. is very good so you're not going around like getting a weapon and then selling it later because it's under leveled and you don't need it anymore um that I think is very, very good. So the game, yeah, it surprised me. I, I thought it was a game I would skip, uh, but no, I'm, actu- I'm actually intrigued. I actually want to try play the game. It's reviewing well. Um, if I've seen a lot of praise from people who generally had. Yeah, hi, I'm okay. Okay, uh, that did, yes. Uh, sorry about that. Nice, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is somebody who was saying, who's come in and said hi. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm seeing a lot of, like, 
uh, praise from people who had Assassin's Creed fatigue. Maybe they just haven't played the games in a while and tried this one because it's on next gen and they're like, wow, Assassin's Creed is good actually. But yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that, which is interesting. I did not expect that. So that's that's cool. And apparently it, it does look good on next gen. It's running at 1080, 60. I, I've heard it's not really running at 4K on one of the consoles or something. I'll, 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 I'll explain that. But like, I also was interested in the reviews for Valhalla. And, you know, there were interesting reviews. Uh, of course, like you said, uh, they've brought back some old Assassin's Creed elements and all that stuff. But they, they've, you know, tried to do some stuff to distance away from the things which for made some people go away from the series you know the you know less of the witcher like stuff from mm -hmm. origins and odyssey mm -hmm. try to get rid of that that's you know okay sure i like that but if you are going to make it like old assassins i'm okay with that as well but they all you know combat is still bad this time the story is much better all that stuff it sounds cool but for me definitely what was interesting was the technical aspects because see Black Flag received a lot of Black Flag. Black Flag is my favorite AC game, personally. Valid, good game. Mm -hmm. You know, it, and it also received praise from mainstream games media because it launched out alongside the the consoles, you know, yes. PS4 and Xbox One. Mm -hmm. It had, you know, super stable 1080p or 900p 30 frames per second gameplay back mm -hmm. then, and. You know, that was really good for its time. It so was. Valhalla, it was like, okay, let's see the technical aspect. And Microsoft has, you know, been marketing it hard as its next-gen showcase game because, you know, of course, Halo got delayed. How do I put this? Yeah, basically, I was looking forward to seeing the technical aspects mm -hmm. as well as seeing how it can help us be a comparison point between Xbox Series X and... And, and uh, S. PlayStation 5. Oh, and PS5. Okay. And S. Basically, it can be like, oh, you know, since Xbox Series X, a big part of its appeal is, you know, them trying to say that, oh, we've got the more powerful hardware and all that stuff. So let's put right? it to the test. Yeah, let's go head to head, baby. Yeah, so let's go head to head. Let's, you know, let's see where we stand on that front. It was a thing to, you know, it, it always interested me from that standpoint. And, you know, PS5 review units didn't come. My, my Ubisoft didn't send any PS5 review units, probably because of you know the Microsoft marketing and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, in the past day or so, uh, both have officially released. Now we're actually getting comparisons and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's disappointment, I guess, to some extent. On your end, you're disappointed. <laughs> Like, you know, it's it's weird because I thought maybe we we were always unclear whether we were going to get native 4K on the next on the Big Brother consoles. Mm -hmm. Marketing speak means you're always unclear. <laughs> or to be to be clear means uh, to be clear. First of all, I don't care about native 4K myself. Yeah, I feel like mm, even though you own a 4K TV, like you don't. Yes. Yeah, dynamic resolution is good enough. Okay. You can use adequate dynamic resolution and uh, reconstruction techniques these days. You don't need native 4K. 
as me that's my opinion on that so when they were marketing it so much to be native 4k i was like are you going to do it or not just you know be a bit more clear and now we finally got the truth it's not native 4k on either of them okay it's, yes it's dynamic it's resolution or something it's dynamic resolution on both okay and the average ranges and lowest the average ranges and lowest resolutions seem to be the same okay so it's like oh that means that the power difference which is, microsoft is negligible is negligible yeah so then you you know apart from resolution then you go and look at frame rate and frame rate seems to be from the i've only seen two analyses so far digital foundry haven't put theirs up yet mm. only seen two analyses so far ps5 seems to be performing better yes i've seen that as well <laughs> which like, that shouldn't be happening it shouldn't especially with Actually, microsoft getting the marketing push of assassin's creed it's like what's happening there <laughs> yeah so it's like that shouldn't be happening and it's interesting to look at that it's interesting to see that that oh in terms of dynamic resolution they are equal performance ps5 is better but the thing is even though it's better it's not better enough for me to say okay i'm going to get this version over the other yeah it's not a deal breaker it's just like oh maybe just a couple of percent and yeah. then you know if you're going to pick the version you pick maybe oh which controller i like better it comes down to that's what would be probably a more a bigger uh, decider rather than the actual technical performance and even then if technical performance is the same or it's negligible that means that maybe the series x is underperforming or is not being utilized to its fullest or the ps5 is punching above its weight if you know what i mean because yeah. it's like, oh it's got 12 teraflops of power it's blah 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 but it's like ah, i get you know i guess this goes back to what we were saying back when the specs were revealed that uh, the percentage difference is not that big so we shouldn't expect very big performance differences mm. as well yeah this is i'm thinking this is what's going to happen with a lot of the, the third party games is that they'll speak for a certain um range and if it hits on one side they, that's what they go with on both consoles so it's like you know obviously there'll be slight differences here and there but it seems to be like oh the difference is it's kind of negligible mm. and yeah. of course it's too early to extrapolate and say that oh the whole gen the difference is going to be negligible xbox one xbox series x's power the power difference means nothing blah 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 fanboy wars and so on but it's like uh, you know it's it's the first case that we can see that okay maybe the power differential isn't you know the difference in teraflops is not as important as we were led to believe <laughs> teraflop was <laughs> maybe it's not as important i'm i'm very sure it's not it's definitely not as important but that aside you know apart from that's uh, i was also checking out you know another thing I've, that was being mentioned about valhalla was that it's apparently buggy oh yes yes so i mean i kind of ignored that because i felt like you know next gen games whatever like yes it is it is buggy it has the which is you know it, it's coming in hot yeah like 
Yeah, I remember Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag had similar bugs. Remember, like, the there's that infamous one on YouTube with the um, the the boat rising, going up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just <laughs> stuff like that. I, I, I kind of expected that, so... Yeah. yeah, so it's like it's a bit buggy, like not just buggy for an Assassin's Creed game, but like pretty buggy. <laughs> so I'm thinking of waiting it out a bit. You know, I was hoping to get it in December. I was hoping to grab it in December. But, you know, looking at how buggy it might be, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me wait a bit. Maybe get the gold edition on a sale and have all the DLC next year which is you know i don't normally do i don't like to wait so it's like eh, <laughs> I'll, I'll grab something else in december i'm thinking of grabbing Sackboy. yeah that's i've, I've also heard good things about Sackboy. so <laughs> i've heard good things about Sackboy. so it's like okay maybe i'll grab Sackboy instead as my december game well you know while waiting for assassin's creed to maybe drop in price and get to like updates here and there but yeah are, are these games like, are they all 70 bucks or they're no, 70 they're all 60. okay interesting interesting i was yeah. waiting to see who would just be like nah 60 baby i mean 70 rather <laughs> but it seems they're all going for staying with 60 which is good yeah 70 dollar games are going to be like oh uh these big exclusive only on PS5 games and stuff like that. So, so like, like Demon Souls? Yeah, Demon Souls is 70 bucks. Huh. Okay. Damn. Even though you'd think cross-gen games won't be 70 bucks, next-gen COD is 70. Man. Mm-hmm. They're really doing us. They're really, they're really going for it, huh? We can't allow so, them yeah. to do yeah. this to us, man. <laughs> we'll see. It, we... If games bomb, then yes, they'll, they'll, they'll go on sale. So it will be fine in the end. Yeah, but I don't think they will fail because, my goodness, like, people love them. They're exclusive Sony games, man. They yeah. love them. I just saw a report that Ghost of Tsushima... Ghost of Tsushima sold 5 million. Yeah. That's crazy. So definitely Ghost of Tsushima 2 is going to be 70 bucks. It will. Mm-hmm. Damn. But anyway, moving on from that, another game which has been used as a comparison point was uh, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay, I guess it's a bit unfair to talk about reviews for that because, you know, the game has been out, the standard edition of the game has been out for a long time. I but, never I uh, never saw reviews for this one, so... Okay, I'm going to lay it all down. Mm-hmm. New character? Mm-hmm. Who is Virgil, a new right? horde, Yeah, Virgil. A new horde mode. Okay. Turbo mode. You know, you play the game at 1.2 times speed. Mm-hmm. And ray tracing. Okay. Yeah. Those are the additions. So it's like, oh, the base game was already widely applauded. So the reviews are very good, you know. It's yeah. actually currently the highest reviewing PS5 game. Wow, okay. Like, And that's just purely on the basis of the fact that, hey, this was an already really good game to start with. So now we're just saying, are the additions good? And the additions are very good. People are actually saying the Capcom went beyond what we expected. Because usually, okay, it's mixed bag there. Like, it seems to be 
low effort <laughs> from what low effort compared to previous special editions but it is not as low effort as the trailers led us to believe okay so people are pleasantly so surprised they, like the the trailers made it look like man this is going to be terrible and it's like okay this is slightly better than terrible <laughs> but it's still not the you know it's still a shoddy port job how but, you know the bit like you know the previous special edition don't make cry for special edition had way more playable characters you know you could play as the ladies for example the don't make cry ladies we don't have that in the special edition we also like uh, the frame rate is not as perfect as you'd have hoped especially given that that Devil May Cry 5 runs on toasters for PCs so it's like ah why doesn't it run that well on these new consoles so it's like ah in terms of optimization and it just being a port it's not the best out there was it capcom that did it did they outsource it the yeah, port no capcom did it capcom did it it's just you know it's just like a pretty low effort port job and then they are also not having an upgrade path so it's like uh you know you've got an awesome underlying game it's like uh there's a bit of a sour taste in your mouth <laughs> there's an after taste yeah where if you, you don't care about the gameplay so much like you know virgil is still an extremely complex character and all that but if you don't care about that then you know there's not much for you yeah and the game also served as another next gen comparison point for performance in terms of features and all that stuff and it was like oh they're basically the same again the series x and ps5 they're basically the same which is good which is good at least at least we're gonna st- this should stop the, the console wars at least it should just shut people out it won't though it won't the problem <laughs> is that you know when you're marketing teraflops it's going to be like oh microsoft's teraflops don't matter and all that stuff <laughs> And then you'll have like, oh, but, but then what if the PS5 version, what if the Xbox version loads faster than the PS5 version? It's like, oh, Sony's marketing about the SSD doesn't matter. So it's like, you know what? These systems are so close that those sort of comparisons shouldn't matter, really. They really shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I actually saw something. Uh, who was it? Greg. Was it Greg Miller? No, here he retweeted someone who had like uh, a beefy PC and then they were like checking load times. So he did quick resume and then, no, he code booted a uh, a console and then code booted a PC. And obviously <laughs> the console was faster than the PC and was like, why did I buy this yeah. $2,000 PC? <laughs> and people yeah. were so up in arms. <laughs> Greg is a troll. <laughs> he is, yeah, he is. It's, it's good stuff though. Yeah, so um I guess we could talk about the other games that like quick fire the other games that um came What out. What else came out? Bug Snacks came out. It's totally <laughs> a video game. <laughs> uh, can, can I can we spoil it? Can I spoil Bug Snacks? You know what? Yeah, because the reviews are out there anyway, so <laughs> apparently the game has got a dark twist. <laughs> I feel like I it, if you watch the trailer like it always anyway I I kind of saw it but yeah yeah it does yeah yeah apparently the game has got a, a pretty dark twist but you know it's it's sort of those it's dark but it's funny it's, yeah. it's, it's a dark humor style twist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
and I, I would say at least they got to use the because it's got a stellar voice cast, like the voice acting cast, and that thing is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's it's good to have like a good family wacky game. Um, you know, that's out there. God four came out and that's trash, as I said it would be trash. Uh, hey, don't 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 bang on Counterplay Studios. They're an indie studio. Oh who, my who god! Happened to, who happened to sign a deal with a bad publisher known as Gearbox? <laughs> I feel like when marketing your thing, it's good to temper expectations. Because it was the first game that was like, this is the first PlayStation Five game everyone has ever seen, and then everyone's like, oh my god! I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was, that was their fault or if it was the the fanboys' fault for overhyping. I don't know, but I think expectations were. I thought from the very beginning, I thought expectations were way too high for that game. It looked basic as hell, uh, yeah. but people thought it wasn't basic, and now that it's come out, it's pretty basic, and. That's kind of sad because, like you said, an indie studio like that, it could be a Warframe. It could be this generation's Warframe. Who knows? Uh, but they have an uphill battle to, to climb now. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see how that goes. You you like character action games. What do you, I don't like character action games, so I was never the target market for this. So you who likes them? The problem you, with Godfall is that it marries character action to being a, you know, they're not calling that, they're calling it a looter slasher. She's like, oh boy, loot games are not—they're not my jam, man. Not for me. You never even got into Borderlands. Nah. Wow, dude. If you—if you—if if you download Borderlands two right now for PC, because that thing can run on Intel graphics two thousand whatever. If you—if you download Borderlands two right now and I play it with you, we will spend the next two hundred hours playing Borderlands two. I guarantee you. 100%. That's how fun that game is. <laughs> it will be so fun that you tell your friends hey, man, to buy look, Borderlands. Me and loot games, we, we just don't jive. <laughs> one's gonna get you. One of these days. One of these days, one's gonna get you. Like, I've played games with loot before. I've played Neo, for example. Neo has got hella loot. And I, I love that, but you know, I love that game, but I don't, but the loot is what I hate about that game. <laughs> I see. So, you know, I've got to be able to like a game despite of the loot. Despite the loot. So okay. it's got to have, like, outstanding combat. Mm. And Godfall, it seems like, from what I can understand, like, you know, there's there's multiple ways you can make a character action. You can have a bad AI, but then you are extremely capable. Like, it's, like, Devil May Cry, the AI for a lot of enemies isn't fantastic, but the game is about you bullying those enemies mm. in creative ways. Godfall, you've got the brain-dead AI, even more brain-dead than Devil May Cry, but you don't have the toolkit for you to look stylish and creative on the enemies. Yeah. If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, ah, as, a, as a looter, I'm not interested. As a character action game, I'm also not interested. So, you know, not for me. It's a, it's a, it's a pass. Mm, makes sense. I guess there's one other game that has uh, review in progress, kinda, uh, which is uh, called Black Ops Cold War. 
Um, Dude, that game came out today. There's no reviews for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, yeah, like it's it looks to me like it's you know Call of Duty. You know, it's uh, it is what it is, man. Call of Duty. Yeah, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's uh, if you don't like Call of Duty, then like you'll never like it. If you yeah. love Call of Duty, you'll love Call of Duty. Yeah, this won't change your mind. This won't make any new believers. It is what it is. I was hoping for like, you know, maybe the story will get me in, but I, I don't know why. Like, you know, every time I see the trailers, the I'm like, I saw Ronald Reagan. I knew that there was no chance. <laughs> no, like I was interested. I'm like, okay, what are they gonna do with this? You know, like, I I wish other devs made Call of Duty stories. You know, because it, it would be very interesting. <laughs> You wish yeah. they had access to the budget. Yes, exactly. I wish like a, a remedy would make a Black Ops Cold War. That would be very interesting, you know? <laughs> that would be perhaps, very fascinating. Perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's, it is yeah. what it is. It's Call of Duty. Um, Yakuza 6, like a dragon, it's also Seven. available. Um, I'm very biased when it comes to Yakuza. I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to this one because it's turn-based RPG. I turn-based actually RPG. like I actually like the combat in Yakuza, like the, the traditional yeah. Yakuza. <laughs> I actually find it a lot of fun to play. It's kind of therapeutic. So it's interesting okay. seeing how this one is just straight up. It's an RPG, like it's, you know, it's an actual RPG, man. You know, it actually is an RPG. Yeah. Um, the story is also very good as as Peyush. would this get new yakuza fans i actually think so i actually think it might get rpg people in um yeah at, at least some of them like uh but Plus I don't... it's going to cash in on next gen console hype yes it, it, was, it is going to cash in on that but it's, it's only on xbox right am i is that right uh, the the ps5 next gen version is coming out in march yeah, so at the moment, if you want to play Yakuza, you have to play it on Xbox, which is a weird thing to say, but here we are. <laughs> so, here we are. this man still doesn't think Phil is eyeing Sega, but I, I, I still believe it. Uh, he just came out in an interview to say that we're not that, that report about buying Japanese games was fake, was misleading. That's what he wants you to think. <laughs> but yeah with uh, sony yeah. recently is talking about reducing their japanese efforts uh like that was more like a that was an article by bloomberg the same article yeah so which says that it was actually an interesting article it says that internally it feels like sony america is disappointed in sony japan how doesn't sony japan do well uh okay the thing is in terms of output sony japan is not the best out there what you mean like dev wise or like selling like as a market yeah selling 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 not as good so what's selling there just switch stuff exactly huh interesting okay mm-hmm. you know ps4 is massively you know japan has not done anywhere near as well for PlayStation, so it's like, oh, 
according to that report it's like oh internally sony america is disappointed it's like you know what these sorts of things you know you you wait to hear more yeah yeah okay. but yeah i guess that was yakuza only on xbox for now for now interesting to say the least uh what else came out watch the way we talked about watch dogs last the yeah week. yeah we talked about it the other week what else, <laughs> what else came out um those are the only ones that i that i paid attention to um a kingdom hearts game came out <laughs> the rhythm game uh, from what i can hear you know it's like oh if you like kingdom hearts music you'll like that if you if you are in it for the story you might be upset because uh, he's done that thing where he's shafted his female characters again <laughs> you know kingdom hearts has never been a series that treats female characters well and this one has you know it's it's done it's done it again well I, I intend to eventually get into Kingdom Hearts once I have like a free, like, I don't know, two, three months, see if I can actually get into that franchise. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, you know, the, the, I'll get the rhythm game eventually, but you know, after a bit of time. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it seems okay. What else? What else? Mm, those are the only ones that I kind of paid attention to um yeah those are the those are the ones that i i, I paid attention to we'll be looking yeah. forward to hear more but i think it's a good launch for the people who have the consoles uh congratulations yeah. <laughs> uh for those of us who don't we'll keep watching from the sidelines i don't think you need to rush to get the consoles unless you really want to play demon souls like if you want like the true next gen experience, unless you want to play Demon Souls or unless you want your loading times to be dramatically slower, I can say wait six months to get a console. That's that would be my advice. I think for me there's an upgrade path if you didn't get a mid gen refresh. So like if you didn't get an X or a Pro, then I think upgrading will be a good idea. As well yeah. as if you have your know, 4K TV. Yes. So. Yes. I think that's when it's a good idea. If you're still on 1080p, and if you're and if you had an X, then you know maybe you can wait. All right, I feel like that's good enough for this week. Today. Yeah. Uh, we'll. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, uh, I hope everyone who got their console is enjoying it. Tell us how. Tell us your experience. You know, uh, if you if you have one, you hit us up. You could come on for the. For the report hopefully um you get yours by next week do you think you're gonna get yours by next week i'm thinking first week december december yikes <laughs> yeah so if you manage to get yours just tell us you have it so you can give us a report on it a hands-on report that would be fantastic and yeah. uh yeah uh yeah thanks for listening guys uh, we'll see you next week see you on the next one yeah, I'll, I'll start with the, the differentiation because and we've said and, and I, I think we've said for a while that this generation's leap is going to be more about feel than look. And I believe that 
Um, and that's something that doesn't show up on a video. It's hard, right, to give people a sense of, well, what does 60 feel like compared to 30? What does 120 feel like compared to 60? What do these load times really mean in terms of the instant access to the games that you want to go play or nearly instant access to the games that you want to play? You've used the console, so you get a feel for it over time. But we've talked about that actually for a couple of years, that we're going to start to feel game they feel as good as games have looked because you know an xbox one x has done a really good job allowing developers to to put amazing looking games on screen so i think the leap will be gradual as it is in most generations because developers will get used to the tools but at the same time we've seen some really great work on pc so people know what these high graphic bar games are going to look like when they come to console games like a flight sim which will come to console you know when that comes to xbox series x it's going to look fantastic um i've been very focused on on how things play and how they feel and i love the work that like moon has done with ori and coalitions done with gears in terms of pressure on the teams there's always pressure on the teams but it's more self-inflicted um, we have as you said we have game pass we've got a lot of support from the company i don't need to push um half done games out i can make sure that we get to the point where we really believe in where we are with the game um, and some of those games will continue to grow after they launch uh, and, and feel good about that. So definitely want to make sure we get the games right um, more than hit an individual date.